Thank you for being with us today. We would love to have you join us in person. To partner with us or to give online, go to www.upperroomohio.com. We hope you enjoy this message. I have so many props, so many things in my hands. Ugh, this is a big table, but I needed something to set my caterpillars on. So that's what we have. <sighs> okay, good morning. Good morning. I, um, I think maybe I say this every time that I get up here, but I'm freaking out. And I don't know why. I feel like either I wasn't paying attention or Jesus was not talking to me at all for this whole week because people kept saying, what are you talking about? I'm so excited. I'm like, I have no idea. And so I still really don't have a clue, except I'm just going with what I think it is, and I'm just going to go with it, right? So no matter what, we can always receive something, okay? So, but I, I do feel, I feel like there's something on this topic, and I had so many things going in my brain. I'm like, okay, Matt preached an incredible message. I listened to that. So I was like, well, I can follow up with that. Then I heard something at prayer on Friday, and I was like, oh, I can tie something with that. And I was just like, God, what, what do you want me to say? And how many of you know that sometimes we hear things, and we kind of like brush it off to the side, and we're like, no, that's probably not for now, or that's not what I'm supposed to be speaking. Has anyone ever had that? Like, where you're just like, no, that's not for now, or, you know. And so that's kind of where this was at with me. I, a couple weeks ago, we had a worship service, and um, there was a spirit of repentance that was really, really heavy. Does anybody remember that service? It was just really, really thick. And uh, ever since then, that really, that whole thought, that repentance thought just has not left me. And so I always want to know, like, is this just something for me, or is this something that I can release to a group of people? Because this is... To be able to stand here and, and speak into your life, I take it as an honor, and I'm just thankful that you would listen, that you didn't come in and find out I was speaking, or like, nope, bye. I just thank you that you would be willing to give me a chance, but I really do take it seriously, and, I, and so I just want you to know that, and so I'm just going to, I feel like the Lord just has something to share um, in this topic, and, it, and I don't even know if today will be the end of it. I think it's something that we're kind of moving into, and I was sharing with, like, Aaron's keeps nagging me. He's in Mexico right now, and he keeps nagging me, like, what are you going to speak on? And I was telling him at the beginning of the week, I'm like, I don't know what I'm talking about. Can you tell me what to talk about? Because, like, if the pastor just tells you to preach on this topic, then you just do it. And so I was like, just tell me what to do. And he just wouldn't. And so it made me mad. And so I kept struggling with what to speak on. And then yesterday, <clears throat> I was kind of having a moment. And I was very emotional. And I just had, am, am walking through something that hurts. And I just hadn't really had a, I, you know, whenever you have something that you're going through that hurts and you have the emotions, but you never really have the ugly cry. I don't know if boys do this, but I mean, I know we girls do. And I just really hadn't had the ugly cry yet, you know? And you just have to have that. You just get to the point where you just need an ugly cry. And so yesterday, I was just at that point. I was just, and the girls were just like in their bed, supposed to be napping, but I could hear them bum, 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 upstairs. But anyways, at least they, I had my own time. And I was just, for one, I was mad because I needed to spend that time figuring out what God was telling me to talk about, but I couldn't because I just had this, I just needed to have this ugly cry over this situation. 
And, um, and so in the midst of that, I, knowing that I really need to go to the Lord, right? We need, Jesus is our one. That's who we go to when we're like that. I'm like, I just really need to talk to Aaron. Like, I just need him to walk me, talk to me, walk me through this, all this stuff. And I felt this tug of like, go to Jesus, but I really need to talk to Aaron. And, and so I think that both are okay. But I also feel like the Lord was also teaching. Cause then I te- finally, I was like texting him. Of course, he's not replying. And I'm like, I feel like the Lord's like, hello, I'm always here. I'm always replying. You know, it's like, he's always there. He's the one. That's the main thing. That's the one we go to and all this stuff. Regardless. Um, so I was like, I needed Aaron to, to reply to me and like, calm me down or like, tell me something profound. And uh, he never did. So then I got mad because he didn't reply to me, which was stupid because I mean, he's in another country. I'm not expecting him to stop what he's doing. He might have even got the text. Anyways, finally text me back. And what his response was, was less than satisfactory to what I needed to hear. And then that made me more mad. And so then finally, I talked to him later that night. I was just like, I was not nice. And he was like, what are you going to speak on? What are you going to speak on? I'm like, I'm not telling you. And so I just refused to tell him. Because one, I was so mad at him, I didn't want to hear what his response was going to be when I told him what I was talking about. And number two, I don't know, I was just being stubborn. So anyway, that long story short... Finally, I shared with him what I was going to speak on, and he's like, this is a really timely thing. It's what he had spoken on the night before in Mexico to um, a huge men's gathering. And so he started sending me some of his notes. Well, at that point, I already had my stuff together, so I don't need your notes, but I did look at them and took a few things from them. Um, But all that to say, it was a sweet way that the Lord was like, okay, kind of on the right track here. So I know that you're going to get something neat out of it. And also, I like to use visuals. So today I have my, my monarch caterpillars um, that we are raising. And I'm going to show you, let's see, I have a video to show you. Um, but before we do that, I want to just kind of talk on this a minute. So for several years, my family have, um, we have friends, uh, a family that Aaron worked with at the fire department, who this woman that would collect these monarch eggs and then she would she would give us them and we would raise them basically for like whatever the process is, six weeks or something kind of like that. And so we would keep them and then you keep giving them these leaves and then you watch them eat. And it's a really amazing process. Tiana kind of laughs at me. She knows we're the monarch family, but I love it. It's just so cool. And so, um, so anyway, so now we are at our new property this year and I took one of the kids out, um, on the four wheeler because I knew it was time to start looking for these monarch caterpillars and eggs and all that stuff. And on our property, I hadn't seen if there was any of these, um, they take milkweed as one of the main things. And so I was like looking for these weeds that they eat off of. And I thought, you know what, let's go out in the four-wheeler and see what we can find. And so we get on four-wheeler and we're like flying around, going out to the edge of the field back behind us. And sure enough, we see the plants. And so like, just, let's just look. So I start looking, and we, I think we found, like, three that day. And so we were so excited because we found them on our own, and so we start raising them, all this stuff. Well, then it has become this thing. So every couple days we go out, and we just keep finding them, keep finding them, keep finding them, and it's so awesome. I love it so much. Uh, I think, actually, I love it more than anyone else, and I'm the one that takes care of these pets. But um, So anyways, so last night we had, well, we already had one that kind of formed a chrysalis, and then last night... We had another one that had climbed up to the top, and that's what they do when they're ready to form their chrysalis. And they do this like little J-hook thing, and then the next thing you know, the chrysalis is formed. Well, last night, I noticed this other one that had climbed to the top yesterday morning 
was had Jay hooked in the afternoon, and then like last night it was just hanging straight. And I've done this long enough to know that that was not normal. And I'm like, what? And then I thought, well, maybe that's what they do before they do a chrysalis and all stuff. So I started Googling it and stuff. And mind you, this was yesterday when I was trying to figure out what I'm preaching on. I just get into the whole world of figuring out a monarch. And of course, the Lord spoke to me through that. And so um, finding out that it could be like parasites, some other types of viruses, other types of things that have come into this process. And and I verified this with Emily this morning that he's probably dead. And I'm like, oh my gosh. So I want you to watch this video. It's like 45 seconds long of this like cycle of what this butterfly does. And so you have an idea in your mind of what, where we're going today. I feel like there should be music with it. Is this not incredible to anyone else? I, I literally, I'm like, God, what is going on inside of that chrysalis? Like, because it starts as a like a caterpillar and it goes in there and it comes out a butterfly. I don't understand. Like, it's just so cool. So, the monarch. All right. So. As I was leaning into this, and we have this one that's, that is dead, I was just like, God, what are you speaking in this? And I really felt like this topic, uh, you really have to wonder, like, they come up this way, and then all of a sudden, something invades their life, something happens, something comes along, and now we've stopped what God's intention was for this, this butterfly, Right? So I started thinking, this is, this is paralleling us. Okay? So we're, walk, we're going along in life, da 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 da, and then something comes along, and it could be us and our sin, our choice of sin. It could be something that someone has done to us. In the case of this, it was a parasite that comes and attacks the caterpillar and ruins the plan that God had for it. And so for us, this is like us going along, and then something comes and stops us and prevents us from doing all that God has for us or fulfilling what God has for our life. Okay, so I was like, how does this even relate? Because I really wanted to follow up with what Matt spoke on last week. I loved what he talked about this. He really challenged me as I was listening to figure out going from being mediocre to living this abundant life. And I got to really thinking about the parts that he was talking about when he was referring to, you know, the shootings and the tragedies and all the things that continue to happen. And even on Friday morning, we were talking about even more deaths and things that we're hearing about and all this type of stuff. And it gets me thinking because I, I feel like that the church is doing something. 
I'm not, I feel like the church is doing something, right? But then there's obviously a piece of that that we have to say there's something that we're not doing. And so I was really leaning into this with the Lord because it's like, yeah, people have to make their own choice. So how do the how does the church get to come along and walk in abundance so that other people can walk in abundance? Because the only way that we get to reach this people and reach what's happening and minister and really gain access into people's lives and hearts is by us ourselves being purified, holy, cleansed, being actually a great representation of Jesus. And so if I were to think of, as I was listening to Matt and what he had said, and I was trying to think, like, what can we do, what do we need to do now as a church? Because I don't want to discredit that as a church, we are doing good things, and we are reaching people. You, there's reason, you all are in here because someone reached you. Okay, so we, we don't want to discredit that, but there is more. And now what do we do to, you ever, you know, like going from good to great, right? Or great to greater or whatever. Like that's where it's at. Like, okay, it's almost like we had to amp this up. We had to amp up our game. And it really felt like the Lord was showing me that <clears throat> we cannot, the next level, I guess I could say, is starts with us. And evaluating our heart, evaluating, um, are we hearing him? What, what do we need to do to move to the next level, right? So, like, it made me think of, when I, hear, when I watch this whole process, I'm thinking, okay, the parasite, the virus, the whatever equals the sin, the unholiness, the thing in our lives that needs to be stripped away, so that we can move to the next level, so that as people see us, they're seeing a real Jesus, and they're seeing the transformation in us that came from him. But it all kind of stems from this whole idea of repentance. I cannot expect that I get to go from glory to glory to glory to glory if there's things in my heart or mindsets. Repentance isn't just like a sinful behavior like something bad we did. Repentance comes in the way that we think. Like, that repentance is also in this mindset. I can't, I, in fact, we could repent about our thoughts that the church has dropped the ball. Like, no, no, the church has done good. Let's repent, let's turn our minds to say, okay, we've done good, but now what can we do to do even better and to reach these people and reach the lost? Okay, So I want to read in Matthew 3. I'm going somewhere with this. I hope you're following. I hope it's making a connection. Um, But I want to read in Matthew 3. And I have the Passion Translation. That's what I'm going to read from. And I think that's what's going to be on the screen. I just like this version a lot. Um, I'm going to read. I want to read this whole thing to you. It's just the story that I want to build from today. Um... Just because I think it's just proving the point of as we repent and as we clear ourselves, we prepare the way for Jesus. And that's what this is. John the Baptist, it's in in, uh, Matthew 3, I'm going to start with verse 1. It says, it was at this time, 
Yay. That John the baptizer began to preach in the desert of Judah. His message was this. The reign of heaven's kingdom is about to appear, so you'd better keep turning away from evil and turn back to God. Isaiah was referring to John when he prophesied, A thunderous voice, one will be crying out in the wilderness. Prepare yourself for the Lord's coming and level a straight path inside your hearts for him. So he's teaching about repentance. That's what John's doing. And isn't it funny that he's teaching about the value and importance of repentance because he knows that that's a key to prepare the way for the Lord. And I'm not talking about preparing the way for Jesus to return, so to speak. I'm talking about when we repent, we're preparing the way for Jesus to come through us into others. We're preparing a way in ourselves so that someone meets us and talks to us and encounter Jesus. When we, when we have these things in our hearts and our thoughts and our lives that we need to clean away, that are, they're blocking this way that Jesus is trying to get through to encounter someone else. And even to take us to new levels, to take us to our butterfly. Okay, moving on. Um, verse 4, now John wore clothing made from camel's hair, tied at his waist with a leather strap, and his food consisted of dried locusts and wild honey. A steady stream of people from Jerusalem, all the surrounding countryside, and the region near the Jordan came out to the wilderness to be baptized by him. And while they were there, while they were publicly confessing their sins, he would immerse them in the Jordan River. So now we, we know he's preaching this message. He's talking about preparing the way. And now people are being drawn to him. This, this is the model. Repentance clears the way for Jesus. And suddenly people are drawn to, to, to you. And then they're being saved. They're being baptized. They're being set free. And isn't that the ultimate like, solution to the problem with, pe with people who have these love deficits and stuff? They need to know Jesus. Okay. Verse 7, but when he saw many coming from among the wealthy elite of Jew Jewish society and many of the religious leaders known as separated ones coming to witness the baptism, he began to denounce them saying, you offspring of vipers who warned you to slither away like snakes from the fire of God's judgment. You must prove your repentance by a changed life and don't presume you can get away with merely saying to yourselves, but we're Abraham's descendants. For I tell you, God can awaken these stones to become sons of Abraham. Whoa. The axe is now ready to cut down the trees at their very roots. Every fruitless, rotten tree will be chopped down and thrown into the fire. Those who repent, I baptize with water, but there is coming a man after me who is more powerful than I am. In fact, I'm not even worthy enough to pick up his sandals. He will submerge you into union with the spirit of holiness and with a raging fire. He comes with a winnowing fork in his hands and comes to his threshing floor to sift what is worthless from what is pure. And he is ready to sweep out his threshing floor and gather his wheat into his granary. But the straw he will burn up with a fire that cannot be extinguished. So now it's talking about, well, go back to verse 7 through 12. It's talking about people questioning John as he's talking about this. Well... I am, you know, what they say, I'm, I'm a, wealthy Jew, an, a wealthy Jewish person. I'm a religious leader. So they had this mindset that, oh, I am this. This is my title, or I do this, so I'm good. But no, John's talking about, uh-uh, it's not just the works that you do. It's your heart. It's your heart. And, man, I just think that, like, I was just having this conversation with Olivia during worship. I'm like, what, what's going on in your heart? Because it's what's going on in your heart that leads to 
A, B, C, X, Y, Z, right? If we can get our hearts, if we can repent for what we've stored in our heart, if we can repent for the things that have blocked us from unlocking our heart to him, man, that's what prepares the way for Jesus. And so these guys were just like, they were just really coming from it at the wrong angle, you know? So then it talks about Jesus came, the, the way, oh, and he was baptized. Okay, hold on. I want to read that part. Then Jesus left Galilee to come to the Jordan to be baptized by John. But when he waded into the water, John resisted him, saying, Why are you doing this? I'm the one who needs to be baptized by you, and yet you come to be baptized by me? In verse 15, Jesus replied, It is only right to do all that God requires. Then John baptized Jesus, and as Jesus rose up out of the water, the heavenly realm opened up over him, and he saw the Holy Spirit descend out of the heavens and rest upon him in the form of a dove. Then suddenly the voice of the Father shouted from the sky, saying, This is the Son I love, and my greatest delight is in him. So Jesus comes. So, he, so John's preaching all this. People are getting saved. People are getting transformed. And then Jesus shows up. Why? Because the way had been prepared. And Jesus was able to walk in. And then he himself gets baptized. Now, you move into John 4. And this is this chapter. I'm not going to read it. But... This is where Jesus is tempted. Um, and then he goes to tell people about what he's come to do. I've come to heal people, save people, all these things. And then he finds people, and that's when he finds the disciples that will come alongside of him and go out and do these things with him. So now, th this is the thing. In, in John 4, verse 24, it talks about then that the good news was spread. So I'm reading through this, and I'm like, this is, this is the model. But the key to unlock all of that was repentance. And I was, so, I was having such a hard time to, like, going into this topic because I, I, I worry about this, like, repent, like, boom, like, repent, you know? I don't want to do that. Okay, so, that, so just, that's not what this is. But in the gentlest way, you need to repent. We need to repent. We need to be repentive. I mean, honestly, like, we, God is good. Yes. He loves us. Yes. He died for us. We are his children. But there is this piece to this puzzle that we have to repent. Like, it says that we sin. We fall short. All have sinned. All have fallen short. All think a bad thought. All have bad habits. We... I, I, sometimes I get so stuck on the wrong mindset and the wrong way of thinking. That in itself, that is sin. And I need to repent of that. It talks about changing the way we think. All of these things. So it's not a message, but it kind of is like I'm trying to strike your spirit. Like what is in you that's blocking you from becoming the butterfly? Which here, this, this doesn't... This one's dead, but I'm not saying that when you get there, it kind of didn't help my point. But, so, but here's the thing. I brought in the caterpillars today. I was in the office talking to Emily about it. And then Tiana walks in with the butterfly. Now, the butterfly had died, so that was just a freak situation. But it's a good, you can kind of see them. But this is what they turn into, right? And so, that's the thing. When we 
make the way for Jesus, we turn into this beautiful butterfly that everyone's attracted to, and every and then that is the way that Jesus comes through. So if we want to see people change, if we want to see shootings end, if we want to see all these things, like we got to look inside ourselves because if I'm going to say I love Jesus, then I actually need to demonstrate Jesus. I need to be the best version of Jesus that I can to everyone I see every day. And that doesn't mean we're going to be perfect. But if I can start by having a repentive heart and repent for things that I've held on to, repent um, for being bitter towards someone, like I just feel like obviously there's this call to repentance. It could just be one thing that happened to you 25 years ago that you've held unforgiveness about or you've held bitterness about or a way that you were thinking that has prevented you from just completely being set free of being who God has created you and called you to be that we need to repent of. We need to repent just for things that have been done to us that we've held on to, even though we didn't actually commit that sin. Does that make sense? Like there's just all of a whole gamut of these things. Okay. I have in my notes to read the paper. So here's the paper. All right. The motives, I found this, and I thought this was good. It says, the motives for repentance are chiefly found in the goodness of God, in divine love, in the pleading desire to have sinners saved, in the inevitable consequences of sin, in the universal demands of the gospel, and in the hope of spiritual life and membership in the kingdom of heaven. That is our motive our motive's not repent because I'm, I'm scared of hell. Well, I mean, I am, but that's not why I do it. You know? I love this part of this that says, the pleading desire to have sinners saved. I have not really ever thought about this idea that my repentance can be tied to seeing a sinner saved. But it can and so we have to have this pleading desire to see sinners saved, to see people set free, to see hurts be gone. Man, I might be the only Jesus that somebody at Burger King ever meets. And I got to be the best version of me that I can. And if I need to repent of something that's preventing me from being the best version of me, then I'm going to do it. Because I want to see that person set free. All right. Um... Repentance. The word repentance is the Greek word metanoia. Did you know that you Google a word? Okay, so I Googled, how do you say metanoia? And this like picture comes up of this little person's mouth, and you hit it, and they pronounce it for you. And she was like, metanoia. And I was like, yeah, it's so cool. So now I know I'm saying it right. So Repentance called for throughout the Bible is a summons to a personal, absolute, and ultimate, unconditional surrender to God as sovereign. Though it includes sorrow and regret, it is more than that. In repenting, one makes a complete change of direction toward God. So repentance is not just, oh, forgive me, I'm sorry. And I've really been trying to teach that to my kids. Like, it's easy sometimes to be like, sorry. Don't just say sorry. I want you to mean it, and I want you to know that when you say sorry, that means you're actually doing your best effort to completely turn from that, to change the behavior, to change your thinking, to change how you see people, to change how you do things. And 
I like on this definition that I found, it said in parentheses, a complete change of direction, in parentheses, 180 degree turn. Because I don't want to just do a whole turnaround because I land back where I was. I need to do this and turn completely away from it. That's why we named our youth Club 180. I don't know if you knew that. It's called Club 180. And that's why, because it was this idea of this turnaround. I'm turning away from my old ways, my old thinking, my old mindsets, my old um, bitterness, my old fears, turning away from it. Um, okay, now, metanoia is a Greek word meaning change of mind. The full meaning is somewhat more, but in the New Testament, the word metanoia is often translated as repentance. This kind of repentance is not just about regret or guilt or shame. It implies making a decision to turn around and to face a new direction. So I feel like today we're like, with repentance, it's going deeper and further. There's a call to go beyond just forgiveness, so to speak, or going beyond saying, I'm sorry. You know, it actually requires us not to just say it or think it, but actually we have to be kind of like actually moving and doing it. Like it's a choice to turn and change from how we're thinking. Um, okay, so I want Riley to come up and... Um, he has, I'm not stealing all of his testimony, but he has an incredible testimony, a lot to say. He has a call on his life and so much more. And um, honestly, just to have, come here, that for one thing, a youth, you're 12, are you 12? Yes, he's 12, a very important age. Come up here. I want you to already see, yeah. So he's 12, and he's a guy. So to get ready to do what he's doing, even to come up here, even to say yes, um, this is a big deal. And this, to me, I love what this stands, this to me speaks for, for this generation of young people that are going to stand up and speak and share and seek the Lord. And your mom's been telling me all kinds of things. And this is just um, a really neat thing. Even Amy Simmons texted me the other night, and she was just, oh my gosh, because she, Judah, and Riley were together, and so um, I feel like the, he had this dream or vision, I think a vision, and it really ties together with a call, this whole repentance idea, this idea with the caterpillar and all that, so. Thank you. So for a while, I've been in this like really deep depression, you know? And just one day, I was like, I'm tired of it, Satan. I'll not let you control me anymore. And um, I went up stairs to, um, or upstairs, and just called down for God to come save me. You know? And um, I had this vision that he was putting me, he was washing me out. And he put me up on the, he was washing me out. I saw this like milky dirt just come out of me. You know, and he put me up on this line, these like clotheslines with people up there with me. Like he's waiting to use us. He's waiting, he's waiting to use us. He's cleaned us out. He's, he's waiting for us. He, he I think he's happy that. Um, I went and did that because now I'm, I've been praying that this would get to someone, you know. And I've also, when I, the next day, I had to mow our yard, you know. 
and <laughs> I was, I just felt the fire of the Holy Spirit, and I was um, declaring that Satan will not take this generation, my generation, you know, that our generation, it's time for my generation to step it up. It's time for us to be better. I mean, I, um, it's not like, oh, no, I've been praying against, like, him letting Satan loop us in with, like, video games. Like, not make that our idol, but Jesus, you know? I, w I was like, my mom said she could hear me from inside. I was declaring that Satan will no longer have his slimy hands on this generation. I'm tired of him just taking it from us. I was tired of him taking, Satan taking the blessings that God wants to give us and letting Satan take that from us through the influences of the world. Whoa. So I just, um, I have some songs that I asked the guys on the computer to, pl to play. You can stay standing. Um, we're just going to end it here, and that is this, that that vision that he had, I really felt like that is a call. Like it is a realization that that is what God wants to do is cleanse out all the dirt, filth, substance in this as we come into this posture of repentance so that he can hang us with next to him cleansed and whole and ready to move go to move forward to go out to prepare the way that's what we get to do in ourselves is to prepare the way and so we're just going to pray we can go ahead and turn on the songs i just want you i really am opening up this area up here take steps forward if you're like god i don't know what it is that there is that I need repentant to repent for. That's okay. The Holy Spirit will reveal it. The Holy Spirit will work through it. Maybe you know, like, yep, I know, that's it. And I'm today's the day I'm just gonna repent. I need to repent. And it's this beautiful thing. It's not a condemning thing. It's not a hellfire thing. It, it, it's this opportunity. I want to be closer to you. And in that, Jesus, your way is prepared for you to work in and out and through me. And it also is a ripple effect to this world that needs it. And that's what he's talking about. Somebody like this to impact a generation. And stand up and say, I repent for the looped into video games. Like that, even that. So whatever that is, I just want to let the Holy Spirit move. So we're just going to pray. Open this up. You can come forward as I'm praying.